0: Hello world, I'm Roger Corville and this is For the Hope's daily audio Bible where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Trust, at least in my country, the United States, is at an all-time low. We don't trust the government, we don't trust social media, we don't trust the mainstream media, and we don't even really trust each other. So I know you know the Sunday School answer as to the solution, but can I poke you in the thinker today to go maybe a little bit deeper? Hey Hopeful, welcome to For the Hopes Reflection, where we pause our Monday through Saturday reading through the Bible in a year time together to do a short reflection on Sundays and special days. And hello again from a host that is gracious that you are with me in this few weeks of me taking a break from normal. I want to take you back to Israel about a thousand B.C. ish, ish. <laughs> and Despite the Lord's provision through the prophet Samuel, Israel demands a king like other nations. Samuel warns them that this king will be oppressive, but they repeat their demand. And like we read three times in Romans chapter 1, God said, okay, if you're intent on heading in that direction, go for it. And unfortunately, and even ultimately, their new king will prove untrustworthy. But let's back up To a little earlier in the story. Saul is not yet king. And this next scene out of 1 Samuel chapter 9 is where Saul and his servant are out searching for his father's lost donkeys. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 5 through 10a. When they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come on, let's go back or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the servant said, there's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to his servant, what do you take what do we take the man? The food from our packs is gone, and there is no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul, Here, I have a little silver. I will give it to the man of God, and he will tell us which way we should go. Formerly in Israel, a man who was going to inquire of God would say, Come, let's go to the seer. For the prophet of today was called the seer. Good Saul replied to his servant, Come on, let's go. Now, my friends, to be fair, this maybe isn't one of the most profound stories, except that I think that you and I can be that servant. Would you hang with me for a sec? We don't know who that servant is. Just like you are probably a normal person with a normal job. You might even think of yourself as a nobody working for normal people who may or may not make smart decisions like Saul. And here is this servant working for the guy who's going to be king. And that looks all well and good until we remember that God already told the Israelites what they would get if they insisted on their own way. Now, the Sunday school answer to the trust problem is, of course, that there's only one somebody that is perfectly trustworthy, and that is God himself. But a point I hope you catch here today is that average nobodies find themselves in situations where they can be the trusted voice, not because you are perfectly trustworthy, but because, at least for a moment, you speak God's words after him. Maybe that's you. So what did the servant do? Well, he pointed Saul toward God, or at least in the 1000 BC sense of pointing to God, which in this case was going to the prophet. And in this case, Saul responded the right way. But look at the broader situation, and then let's just bring this home. The people of Israel then, so to speak, have itchy ears they want what they want and that doesn't include god's will that god himself would be their king and if you weren't looking at things through god's eyes you could even go oh god gave them a king it must have been god's will uh no god's will was already known Also, you will remember that Saul was tall and purty and a good warrior, and oh yeah, he's one of the good ones. He'll make America great again. He'll build back better. Oh, and check this out. He'll give us what we want. Samuel even confronted them on their sin of asking for a king based on their earthly standards and they even confessed that they did sin that they did in fact blow it but they still wanted what they wanted we want a chicken in every pot and glory on the battlefield and stimulus checks and inflow or inflation and this is the guy who will give it to us now i probably say it too often here but the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart they didn't want god They wanted what they thought God would do for them. And God gave them what they asked for. A king. They said, we know he will oppress us. He'll take our sons for the army. He'll take our money to finance his folly. But hey, that's in the future. And right now, we want what we want. Now, buried in the story, in this little moment, where a servant who trusted God was, is this moment where he's trusted by the guy who's going to be king. Now, out of the billions of people who have walked on this planet, here's a dude whose name we don't even know, who was trusted for a moment and was used by God to influence God's plan. And God's ultimate plan is, of course, to bless us, and we don't want to be blessed on his terms. But nonetheless, God is sovereign, and the servant acted faithfully. Even to his own hurt, or in this case, his own expense, coughing up his own silver. Now, my friends, I have no way of knowing, but I'm guessing that we will see that servant in heaven. Just like I hope I see you in heaven. I hope I hear your stories. And I hope I hear of a time when you were trusted to tell the truth and point people, maybe even a future king, to the fact that the one one and only true plan for human flourishing happens to come from the one source that is ultimately trustworthy. My friends, regardless of who you trust or not, and even if you aren't perfectly trustworthy because you can't be, There is no small act of faithfulness in trusting God. Even for a brief moment. There's no small act of faithfulness in telling the truth. And however imperfect and even untrustworthy you are, every one of your faithful acts is a chance for someone else to trust God and who knows, maybe be part of a plan that we'll be talking about for eternity to come. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.